Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And good day to you, friends. This is Brad Zockel, and this is a podcast that talks about eternity, questions about heaven. And in the podcast that I share with you and we get to study together, we go to the scriptures and see what the scriptures say about the end times, about Jesus in eternity, about time with God the Father. And today we're going to talk about something that is in the heart of every man, woman, and child while we're here on earth. And I want to go directly to the scriptures on this because it's such a hard subject for us to deal with. And virtually every day I will have a question coming over on my email that will ask this question, why do we have to suffer? Why do we have to go through the problems of life? Why didn't God just automatically just put us in heaven at creation? And there are so many things we can say but I want to bring something, as we have the perspective of heaven in this podcast, I want to bring you what the scripture says to the Christian. I'm going to talk specifically to believers today. You've come to Jesus Christ. You've given him your life, your love, your loyalty. You look to him every day. You have repented of your sins, tossed that old life and those sins away from you. And as God the Father has said, oh, I'm glad you passed them to me, and here's what I'll do with them. Psalm 103 and verse 12, I'll separate them from me as far as the east is from the west. I will throw them behind my back, Isaiah chapter 38 and verse 17, which we talked about. The Hebrew idiom is to throw them behind the shoulders. And so God's saying, I'm throwing behind my shoulders and they're there. So every time I turn around, they're still behind my shoulders. I can't see them. We say all that so you are a believer in Jesus Christ, trusting him, and by his mercy in taking your sins to the cross, and you found a paying, a redemption is what the word is, a payment for your sins that is acceptable to God the Father, and that's the payment of Jesus Christ on the cross who has done that for us out of his love. And the Christian says, okay, well, if the future is going to be so perfect, how come the present stinks? I don't understand why that we have these financial problems in my family. I don't understand the indecision times. I don't understand the physical pain, the emotional uh, downcast, the, uh, the stress, the neurological pressures that I face each day. It just seems I wake up and it's a clean slate, and before you know it, it's like somebody just dropped all kinds of garbage all over this beautiful, beautiful day. And the clean sheet that started off is stained already. And I'm not even three hours in to this day. Why does this happen? Or somebody wakes up and they are continually in pain. They're in, in continually in suffering. All right, so why, Lord, why does this happen? have to happen? I thought when Jesus Christ went to the cross, he took all of these problems away. Well, now let's take a look at something very, very important here. I want you to go. Christian, to look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 16. Now, you see, in the Bible, it tells us the future reward of the believer is Revelation chapter 22 and verse 5. We will reign with 
God the Father. We will reign with Christ. As a matter of fact, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 21 says that he will have us sit down beside him and on the throne. And so we're talking about not just an existence, we're talking about authority. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says we will have authority over angels. Okay, bearing that in mind now, bearing that in mind, and don't let anybody ever tell you that heaven's going to be boring. They do not understand the scriptures. It will be highly active, and you won't get fatigued either with that resurrection body. And as you're with uh, the Lord, and as you are alongside God the Father, and he's allowing all of these great rewards and authorities that you have earned, and Luke chapter 19 gives you great examples of that. So what does it say here? What does this have to do with anything? Listen to this. And this is Romans chapter 8 and verse 16. You see, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And now if we are children, then we are heirs. You remember, Revelation 21, 7 said, we will inherit all these things. We are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Listen to that. One Bible scholar said this, you know your faith, it has to be tested. A faith that is not tested is not a faith. Think about it. That makes perfect sense. Someone buys you a new car. You say, I love it. it it's a gift for me. And yes, go ahead. You're really saying you give it, you've given me a car. Yes, well, thank you. Well, why don't you drive it? Well, I, you know, I don't know. Don't you have the faith in, in accepting this gift? Don't you believe that I've given it to you? Here are the keys. Here's a gas credit card. Well, see, you don't have faith. You'll never drive that car until you exercise the faith they've given it to you. Uh, plane flight. Oh, I fly down to Pensacola for a ministry, and I look at that, and they've sent me the, the plane ticket ahead of time. Well, thank you. Well, you've got to get on the plane. Well, you know, I, are you afraid of flying? No, no. I believe that that many-tonned plane can actually uh, have lift. It can go in the air. Yeah, I, I do believe. Well, we'll get on the plane. No. Well, okay, what you're saying is not showing your faith. You've got to test that faith. You've got to get on that plane, You that, that gift of the car. You show your faith in that gift by getting in the car and driving. You see, a faith that is not tested is not a faith. And that goes when things get hard. Oh, I trust the Lord for everything. Okay, well, things are getting hard. Well, forget it, Lord. How many people have we seen like that? Well, Lord, if you're going to give me this kind of a situation in life, well, then forget it. Well, then... There is not a faith there. This faith will be tested. Think about this. When you were put in a position of authority at your job or in your organization, weren't you tested? Didn't you fail? Why? So you would learn how to better handle the things. It's kind of like, uh, I know a lot about the mechanics of a car to a certain extent. Why? Because in the cars that I've had over the years, things have broken down. Oh, I'm not a mechanic. But when I hear that certain noise, oh, okay, I can tell that that is, we've got a problem with the brakes because I've had brakes go out, all right? I can tell that that's a problem there, and I see that dashboard. What that means is I have an overheating engine. You see, it's by the experience of the trials I have expertise in the future. Oh, I can't fix it, but I can take it and tell them I'm certain here is what we're looking at here. Here's the problem. Okay, do you get that? And that's what it's talking about here in the testing 
of our faith uh, in that. The testing of our faith is by putting it forward and actually exercising that faith. This is what it says. Well, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. What it's saying here is as you are preparing, see, I want you to understand, these things are, these are preparing you for the great glory in beyond. Now think about this. I want you to remember this. Heaven is not just about real estate, oh, streets of gold and beautiful buildings. It's about responsibilities. You, Christian, will be in positions of leadership. You'll be in positions of leadership, and you will have great honor, great responsibility. But you've got to learn here on this earth the responsibilities of leadership and authority. That's part of what it's saying. But why is it so bad? Well, here's what it says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed with us. That's why the the Bible keeps talking about overcomers. You'll you'll come up against these physical uh, trials, these spiritual trials, and you've come through them. You've gone over them by the power of Christ. You are an overcomer. And that's what it says in Revelation 3.21. To the overcomer, I will have sit down beside me. You have shown your ability to overcome these trials. And yes, I'm going to then let you sit down with me, alongside me in eternity, in a position of authority. Yes, we are kings and priests in heaven, having that authority. Think about it. What it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, this is a wonderful passage for us to understand. You say, these things seem so burdensome now. And I agree. Even in our household, we deal with illness. We have dealt with injury but we have a continuing illness that's been going on for a number of decades. And one thing that it does is it causes us to get to our knees and pray. Pray and depend upon the Lord for the days. And at times, it's literally to get through the day. When I see that, it seems so burdensome. But then I read this. For our, this is what Paul is saying, for our light and momentary troubles. Well, wait a minute now. These things aren't light and momentary. It's been going on for decades. And then Paul says, well, you know, I've also been through troubles. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was beaten. Paul was jailed. And he's calling that light and momentary afflictions. How can you say that? Because of this. They are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. It says in verse 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. These things happen in our face in our lives right now, and we see them, and they seem so harsh. But in the eternal, which we can't see, there's so much more glory. And this is a challenge to you, to be able to see this. Christian, with these things that are coming to you, these challenges, physical, or maybe the persecution of standing for your faith at work, all of these things, we'll get the answers in Ephesians chapter 110. All of these things will come together in a conclusion as the Lord will let us know under Jesus Christ in heaven. But right now, that's part of the reason why we suffer here on earth, why this sin-sick world is around us and why we face this. It's preparing us for the authority of reigning in heaven. Just think about it. Anybody, what what do you, we usually hear about these uh, heirs to fortunes who have been pampered all their life, and when they get there, I have a friend in Pennsylvania 
uh, they had a car dealership. And his father had worked so hard to build it up, and it was well-known and well-loved in the community. And when he went on the pass, and I hadn't seen him for a number of years, decades, as a matter of fact. And when I called him, I said, so, you, you know, the, the family car business is huge. No, he said, uh, what happened was when my father passed away, the next in line had never been in the car business. They liked the money and the prestige, but they had no experience. And within a decade, the car dealership is gone. There is none. And I was stunned because it was well known in that Pennsylvania community. It was all gone. He said they just never had applied themselves. They looked for the money. They didn't look for uh, the management responsibility. And that's kind of a way that we see this here. We are being prepared for a great responsibility, just as Adam and Eve had the authority and the responsibility over the beauty of the earth, and they were put in positions of leadership there. So shall we in the end of times, the times uh, of, of eternity. And that is something for us to enjoy, rejoice, and be aware of. Romans chapter 8, verses 16 through 18. Hope this helps a little bit. It's been a great encouragement to me in times of stress and trial where I can get a peace that passes explanation as it says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7. God bless you. Take a look at these, and let's talk some more about heaven. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N dot org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.